0: Welcome to the Lean Blog Podcast. Visit our website at www.leanblog.org. Now, here's your host, Mark Graben. Hi, this is Mark Graben. This is episode 61 of the Lean Blog Podcast for February 12, 2009. This is part two of a discussion with Norman Bodek that we started back in episode number 55. If you want to find that or other Past episodes, you can go to leanpodcast.org. And here Norman talks about uh, Canon and their Supermeister system uh, a little bit more. Um, he also touches uh, again on uh, Jerry Corrigan's efforts uh, with Lean and 5S in Ireland and a few other topics scattered uh, here and there. So I hope you enjoy the discussion. Um, and as always, thank you for listening. Now, the, the, the idea of, of having people thinking and solving problems and using creativity, I mean, that, that could go along with a, a traditional division of labor moving assembly line type environment. Or it, it could certainly work with, the, I guess, a, a resurgence or, or going back to that craft build model, right?
1: Yeah, you can. And let's look at can in this example. It's a good question, Mark. But the limitations... I mean, the limitations is if people only know certain limited skills, right, then they don't know the whole scope of what's happening.
0: Okay. So they can only handle
1: yeah. a, a number of very limited, small problems because they don't have the broad understanding of what total manufacturing is all about. But, but but at least Bose was trying because people did rotate every hour. Now, they just started this, and this is Tony Corrigan's, Sight—it's just beautiful to watch. Um, Tony has a variation of what I call quick and easy kaizen. I'm not sure he calls it the kaizen idea card, something like that. Mm -hmm. Well, they had a board. They had a Uh, board—not actually a board. It was like kayaks. It was like a pyramid. It had four sides. A box would maybe about five feet tall was the box, and about. Three feet wide on each side, and there are four sides to the box, and, and the top is a little pyramid. And I decide that I, this is a communication device that this group of workers in this cell is communicating their activity to everybody else. That means they're communicating their safety, they're communicating their quality, they're communicating their productivity. And one side of this kiosk—that's the right word—was um, just devoted to their ideas. Now, they only recently started this activity when they set up this cell, but they were already getting six ideas per worker per month. Oh,
0: that's good.
1: 72 ideas a year per worker to improve the work environment. What was very clever, if we can visualize in fact, and I can send you a picture, and maybe people can download it from your site.
0: Oh, yeah, please.
1: Um, The worker would go to the – when they had a problem, the worker would go to the board – and they would get a sheet of paper, a blank sheet of paper, and they'd write down the problem. If they had a solution, they'd write the solution. If they could implement it, they would write down, yes, I can implement it and I'll do it. And then it goes into a box which says, just do it, which means they yeah. just did it. That's done. If they couldn't do it right away, or if they wanted to talk to the rest of the team, they dropped the sheet of paper into another little box, another little slot, and this was team review. And every day, at the end of the day, they meet for five or ten minutes, and they read their ideas, and they discuss as team members how they could implement each other's idea together if they couldn't do it individually. Mm -hmm. And they get agreement from the rest of the workers that, hey, my idea isn't good, my idea is good, because what I do when I make a change, it's going to affect other people I should get their buy-in. When I make a change in my work site somehow. Right this was really excellent if they couldn't solve it on their own it went into another slot and that slot was something that the supervisor maintenance engineering you know would look at and they would look at this on a daily basis and then decide of their group who would be responsible for implementing this idea with the worker Mm -hmm. this is excellent yeah once they make the commitment, right, and they put the time date when this is going to be done, and if you look at this board, it showed um, there was a slot which said one day behind, one day behind schedule. Another slot said two days behind schedule. It was just beautiful, Mark, to see how a simple visual system mm-hmm. like this could be, you know, set up and used. Um, I was very pleased the things that I saw. And this is just one small aspect of what Tony Corrigan is teaching in Ireland now. What I hope, if anybody listens to this discussion of ours, is that we can get Tony over to America. Tony wants me to find a group of companies over here. I don't know, maybe four or five, six companies over here willing to sign up for a commitment to work with us over the next two years to really drive lean in their organization. Mm -hmm. I mean, sorry we can't see everything that Tony produces visually, but it's absolutely brilliant. And the millions of dollars that these companies are saving uh, from this activity, and of course at Ireland it represents their life if they don't do this, mm-hmm. those plants are gone.
0: Yeah, and so hopefully Lean is providing a good hope and a methodology for them to save some of those factories and save some of those jobs.
1: Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And, and, and then they have, they have to drive the next level, which they haven't done, which is they really have to really be involved in the planning of new products, the design of new products, the design of new machines, the building of new machines. Yeah. Right now, so many of the parts come in from Asia, from Mexico. They have to look at what we can do in Ireland. Instead of bringing, importing these parts, how do we produce them here? That's yeah. their vital next step.
0: Yeah. And, I mean, that, that is a, a really interesting model, hearing the idea of companies working together, learning te- you know, learning from each other, challenging each other, um, that, that sense of competition. Um, I mean, if, if by chance anybody who's listening is interested in, in trying to work with that model, they can talk, contact you through pcspress.com. Is that probably the best way to reach out to you? Yeah,
1: bodek, B-O-D-E-K, at pcspress.com, and I'm willing to share more information about it. And I'd love to bring Tony to America because, uh, I mean, I like David Veach and his group of consultants. But frankly, what I've seen in so many plants in America, you know, just doesn't come close to what Tony is able to do in such a short period of time by bringing 12 companies in to work together. Tony, what he does, it, it works through a cycle. Um, he and his other consultants come into one plant one day every every month. So you get Tony and his consultants come in, and they break up, and they work with various groups in the plant, and they drive funny thing is he drives everything through 5s and that's true in japan you know i found two two production systems in japan one was toyota and the other was 5s we look at 5s as just housekeeping but it's not
0: right right it it really
1: drives all of the productive production things that we see in the toyota system the quick changeover and uh, so many of the other things they use 5s and Tony has a marvelous tool, you know, that every Monday you do, I don't know, cleaning. And every two Tuesday you do uh, sweeping, sustaining, you know, mm-hmm. sorting out, etc. So you do this every week in a cycle. It's really funny because this, this never ends, never ends mm-hmm. the improvement process. Yeah. And then what he does is once a year he brings all his clients together at a conference. That's why he invited me mm-hmm. over. Uh, to speak at the conference, and then, of course, the companies get up and talk about what they've done to share with the rest of the Irish industry. The other thing I like from Tony I've never seen before, Tony with this group of 12 companies, right? If you don't keep up to your group, to the peers, Tony will not keep you as a client. I've never seen that before. (laughs) Yeah. I've never seen a consultant turn away a client, no matter how bad the client is.
0: (laughs) Well, maybe we can get Tony introduced to some of our listeners um, through a podcast. Maybe that would be... Oh,
1: fantastic. That'll be wonderful, Mark. Maybe
0: I I can talk to him or the three of us. Yes,
1: yes, that would be brilliant. So let's let's,
0: let's do that. I'll mention it to
1: him. The other thing is I want to just mention briefly to the group out there is, I mean, I virtually travel every week somewhere. I mean, it was Ireland two weeks ago last week. I just came back from Guadalajara, Mexico, where I at the Shingo Prize Conference. I'm 76 years old. I have to limit, unfortunately, my travels. So now I have a terminal, and you've worked on this terminal too, Mark.
0: It's like a video conferencing terminal. The video terminal,
1: conferencing yeah. terminal. I have it right on my desk, and I can teach anywhere in the world. And so what I'm looking for is, uh, is people that want... talk to me. Let me share my learning with them Mm -hmm. through this terminal so that um, I can make a nice living without getting on an airplane every week.
0: So you can, through this video terminal, virtually travel instead of physically traveling and moving yourself? Yes,
1: and the terminal is marvelous because I can see everybody in the class. Like last month I ran 10 classes, two hours each, and 35 students in the class. And to me it was very effective. I mean, the client went from no ideas to, like, over 200 ideas just in the last two weeks since we started the training. And let me give you one. You might, you might splice this up. I don't know how long you want this. But let me give you one from that training. Um, I ask everybody in the room to please identify a problem at work. And then I want you to share what the problem is and give me an idea of the solution. hmm one worker gets up, his name is Scott, and this particular company makes uh, windows and doors. It's Gorel, it's a company in Indiana, Pittsburgh, very nice company. And uh, Scott gets up, and he says, My problem is when I put the frames, the window frames, into a cart, and I move the cart along the factory floor, there's a bump in the floor. And occasionally, when I go over the bump, a window breaks. That's the problem. And I say, Scott, what's your solution? Scott says, well, I go to my supervisor to talk to him about it. And what does your supervisor say? Now, this is a wonderful thing. I, I did this in the single prize, and I asked everybody in the room, what would you say? You're the supervisors. What would you say when Scott comes to you and says, look, uh, <laughs> I move the frames in the cart over a bump and the glass shatters. Mm. So what does the supervisor say to the worker? What do you think, Mark? First reaction.
0: Looking to blame somebody? (laughs) Well,
1: Well. (laughs) I mean, it's really funny. One man says, this is so typical, right? One supervisor says, "Um, be careful. Yeah. (laughs) Another one says, why can't you move the cart around the, the bump in the floor? Right? Yeah. And then another supervisor says, would. it'd be nice if we got rid of the bump, but we don't have it in the budget. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, two things are happening. One, when Scott presents the problem, the supervisor thinks it's their job to come up with the solution. And since they're not directly involved, they're not doing it every day, they don't value and respect and trust the worker. They don't empower that worker. They don't understand what bottoms-up management is all about. Yeah. Because what would happen in Japan, the supervisor would say to the worker, What do you think, Scott? How would you handle the problem? And Scott would say, scratch his head, Well, i try to remove the bump or make a little ramp for the, or do something. Let's remove the bump. What's, how would you remove it? Well, I'd have to get some... Uh, I'd have to get, you know some little axe to chip away, and then I have to get some cement to cement it. And the supervisor said, Mark, that's great, do it. And then Mark would say, well, gee, I've never done this before. I don't know how to cement. And the supervisor would say to us, so Mark, well, there must be someone in the plant that knows how to cement. Go find him. Mm-hmm. And then Mark would say, well, say I did find him, and then 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 we do it together. I have to do it at overtime. Overtime is time and a half and the supervisor would say, That's great. You do it at time and a half and get it done, we'll stop cracking glasses. You see, this comes from Ono and it's so brilliant because Ono would never tell you what to do.
0: Right.
1: I had a company once called Productivity, Productivity Press. I had over a hundred people working for me. They all came to me with problems. I never asked them for a solution. Never. I'm the boss. You know? I never turned. I wasn't smart enough to just stop and recognize the talent that I had working for me, and just ask them,
0: even if I knew the answer, like "Oh no,"
1: and just ask them, well, "What would you do? How would you fix it?" I thank you very much, Mark.
0: Thank you, Norman. Real
1: Appreciate great. You
0: sharing your experiences with us, and uh, let, let's let's talk again soon. Um, just brainstorming. One one thought, maybe something that would be. Good to talk about another time. We talk about um, having sheets of paper and doing um, doing problem solving. That first step of writing down a problem. And I've I've run across some folks, good people, um, in, in a couple of different settings where people have been really uncomfortable with the word problem. And I thought that that might be an interesting topic.
1: Um, yeah, sure. Let's do that. That's very good, Mark. Let's do it next time and let's talk about because very often when i start a training and i ask people in the room to identify problems for so them all all their mind goes blank i have no problems <laughs> right yeah
0: so we'll we'll come back and and
1: Great talk idea. Talk that
0: idea of no problems is a problem, as the Toyota people say. And is it a problem? Well, here, see, I, I'm comfortable with the word. <laughs> is it a problem with the word problem, the word? Or is it a problem with admitting that we have problems? Um, it's
1: both. It, 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 yeah, we'll talk about this. It, it. It's both. People are very much afraid to make mistakes. That's, that's the heart of this whole area. But a problem is a defect, a potential defect. And you know, let's talk more about what do we mean by a problem?
0: Okay. Well, even, when things,
1: even when things are really running smooth, that's a problem. <laughs> I mean, Ono would never accept it. Yeah. He always pushed for improvement. Great. I thank you so much, Mark. Let's talk again real soon, and let's see if we can excite some of these people to call, and let's set up uh, and bring over Tony Corrigan to America.
0: And hopefully we'll, let, let's get him on the phone and get people introduced to him. I'm sure they'll want to uh, engage and, and get him over here physically. Yeah, he's brilliant. Thanks a lot, Mark. Okay, thank Take you. Okay, right, you too. Thanks for listening. This has been the Lean Blog Podcast. For lean news and commentary updated daily, visit www.leanblog.org. If you have any questions or comments about this podcast, email mark at leanpodcast at gmail.com.